when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there. If he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry Depoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Soto Mojo podcast. This is Colby Patnode, and I'm joined, as always, by Ty Gonzalez. Um, Ty, how are you feeling today? Uh, you know, I'm tired after, like, 15 hours of driving to go do my permanent residence stuff for Canada and all that. That that was uh, that was quite the pain, and all the while, the Mariners were getting absolutely destroyed by the Boston Red Sox. So, uh, <laughs> But uh, I think I've recovered, uh, especially after last night's uh, pretty exciting win, which we'll, we'll get into in a little bit, but... Yeah, I, I, today I feel a little bit more uh, more normal than I have over the last three or so days. Right. <clears throat> Yesterday we had actually recorded. Uh, that could have been one for the ages because uh, you were tired. I was pissed. Uh, <laughs> and I think we may have been able to turn that After Dark uh, episode that we did a few weeks ago on its head and just blow that out of the water with uh, timestamps. So. Yeah. So uh, sometimes it's good to wait, and uh, sometimes things can change um, in a very short period of time. But anyways, guys, on today's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about the Red Sox series. Not a lot of positives, um, but we did get to see the MLB debut of a couple of guys. Um, So we'll talk about them, um, and then we'll talk about last night's game. And, um, you know, I think it might might have been the most fun game of the year. Um, Certainly it's up there, and obviously it's – probably the most fun game in the last three, four weeks. So um, we'll, we'll talk about that and also look at tonight's game. Um, but uh, before we do all that, uh, all that fun stuff, let's, let's dredge through the, uh, the Red Sox series. Um, it didn't go well uh, to put it nicely. Um, uh-huh. <clears throat> it was just, and there was, there was a few moments where you're like, Oh, Hey, look, the, you know, maybe this is, this is the game that they win, or maybe this is the game that they take. And it just, no, it just, it was never that close. Um, so Ty, I guess just overall takeaways from the, uh, from the Red Sox series. Um, JP Crawford, good. Everything else bad. Uh, that's basically <laughs> the takeaways. Uh, it was just, I mean, you know, the, the debuts and everything were fun and stuff. But the, 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 wow, the the performance, the the actual performance on the field. Uh, ooh, uh, yeah. Um, Felix is on the DL with an injury, quote unquote. Air quotes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's good news. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's uh, it. Was just bad. It was really just bad. Top. Top to bottom. Uh, yeah, uh, just really gross. <laughs> yeah, it's what... Uh, <clears throat> it's kind of what happens when the... Uh, when you're a uh, rebuilding team and you're playing a really good team that is hot at the time you're playing them. Um, we saw it happen with New York. We saw that happen um, in Boston, obviously. So it's just kind of a... Uh, I mean, those are two good teams, and they happen to be playing really good baseball when you met them, and you happen to be playing really bad baseball. Uh, and when those all those things kind of combine, yeah, we probably should have seen this coming more. Um, it's just a bummer because at least in the Yankees series, you know, they won one game, and also they were they could have won at least one more, maybe two even. And so there was, there was some hope, like, hey, you know, they didn't, this didn't go right, but hey, you know, they, they could have won that game. Um, in the Red Sox series, there was never a point where I felt like they were going to win a game. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, I'm just, like, even in the Sunday game, you know, they jump out to that 4-0 lead um, early on, and then it's just, uh, you know, you see Felix pitching, and he clearly doesn't have it. Um, and it really just never felt safe, especially when you're playing in Fenway. And you have 
those kinds of leads. You know, we've we've seen that before. You know, looking back to last year, uh, I think they jumped out to like a 5-0 lead in one of the games, and LeBlanc got smacked around for like seven runs over the first two innings. And you know, it's um, it's just you know that's kind of how Fenway goes. It's just you know that's what happens when you when you play against the defending world champions too. You know, that lineup is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just. You know, they're really, um, you know, to start the season, they weren't playing up to par, but now they, they've clearly figured some things out. Um, their pitching staff has figured some things out. Uh, you know, it was a lot cleaner for, for them than, than the opening series against the Mariners. Um, just a really, you know, different uh, series for them. You know, obviously, you know, they, they had Steve Pierce back who didn't play in the opening series. Um just a lot of things working working in in Boston's favor at that time, and you know, not a whole lot working for the Mariners, especially you know they um, they didn't have uh, you know the pitching matchups didn't align as well as uh, as they did in that opening series either. You know, you didn't get to see Kikuchi. Marco had to pitch in the rain. Um, yeah, it's it, it it happens. It's it's just that was a really bad matchup for. Uh, the Mariners and, and kind of the circumstances that they were going into the series under, um, especially with, you know, how well Boston's been playing and, you know, right. put things together now. Right. Who would have, who would have thought that that Mariners defense wouldn't play well in the rain. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it just really, the whole thing was just, uh, it was, it was just hard to watch um, yep. in general. Uh, you know, overall, Really, not a lot of uh, pitching. Swanson was um, looked good for like two innings, and then, well, <laughs> um, you know, yeah. I just did. You see anything? Have you have you seen anything that makes you think move off your projection of Swanson being a a middle reliever right now? Not really. Um, he's shown flashes every now and then, but it's just there. I just don't see how that how he can be consistent with how he pitches. As a starter, I don't, I, I just can't imagine him going five straight starts of like three earned runs or less. Um, I right. just the way that he pitches it, it's just, it's so important that he has full command. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he doesn't, you know, if he's throwing it below the belt, that's not, that's not going to work for him. You know, it's, right. a, um, so there, there's just that level of inconsistency that I just I can't see changing too much. I think he can improve, but I just don't see that ever. I don't ever see him becoming a consistently um, effective pitcher, especially just with having you know really two pitches that he throws. Right. I mean, he's 25, so it's not like you know he has a ton of development left that he can do. The fastball when he throwing 96 you know and he, he hit that a few starts ago this time he was more around 94 ish um it certainly helps as opposed to when you're throwing 91 92 um and he just the change up and cur- or slider have just been they're below average big league pitches right now um and even if one of them becomes an average pitch that's still not going to be enough to get you through the lineup yeah you know uh three times there's just not enough looks uh, yeah. to give lineups. It's just he's got a fastball that if he can't locate it, he's done. Yeah, that's uh, it's just it's the start is doomed um, at that point. Yep, um, I didn't see anything too terribly concerning with Marco in terms of a long term type of thing. Um, yep. Just didn't really have his good command, and he still battled. Um, through four pitched in the rain and everything right right, right. Uh, second second start in a row too doing right. so so um, i mean yeah it's just one of those things i just i don't see anything too terribly concerning with marco um said the red Sox. they had a good plan they fouled off a bunch of i think marco threw like 90 pitches in four innings or something like that mm-hmm. um and he he kept him in the game it was four to two when he left four to one um and that was with some uh let's call it questionable defense behind him um, so he kept him in the game. I didn't say anything too concerning there. And then Felix Hernandez is just, he's just bad. Like, okay, there's yeah. Felix against the angels is fine. Whatever. Um, Felix against teams that can hit. No, 
just no. And uh, he goes on the DL with right shoulder discomfort. Um, we'll see how, uh-huh. many, how how long the Mariners bench him, uh, which is basically what this is. Um, it's it's a benching without without just DFAing him, but whatever. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Um, it certainly is annoying to give the uh, Felix supporters a re- oh look he was pitching hurt. No, he's just pitching bad. Like that's. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the reality of it. This isn't the first time they've done this, too. No, uh, yeah, it's yeah, you know, especially you know, it's it's convenient because you assume that Wade LeBlanc is going to be um, up in Seattle over the next few days. Um, right. Well, with the off day uh, tomorrow, you don't have to. Everybody can stay on their normal pitch schedule, and you could just skip Felix. Yeah. Um, and then you can insert LeBlanc into Felix's spot next week. Um, so it's a way to give him two weeks, basically, while only missing one start, uh, mm-hmm. technically. And we'll see. You know, I, I just, I know people are hanging on to that San Diego start, and you know, it's to be fair that the schedule does lighten up a bit by the time he's projected to come back. Um, so that that will certainly help uh, Felix because I think we've seen him be effective against below average offenses. Uh, with the exception of San Diego, um, but we'll see. Like I said, I don't, I don't anticipate Felix, you know, not making another start with Seattle. Um, I don't anticipate them DFAing him. I don't anticipate them trading him. Certainly, um, I think he's just going to pitch out this year, and then that'll be that. So, um, it's just, you know, it's just tough to watch. So, uh, yeah. Uh, other than that, we did get to see J.P. Crawford and Shed Long each make their debuts, as well as uh, Parker Markell. Uh, and I guess just uh, do you have any uh, overall thoughts on those guys? Um, really liked Markel's slider. I know he he, mm-hmm. you know, the zone was a little a uh, little tight for him there. So I'm not gonna blame the uh, the runs that he allowed really on him. I, I did like what I saw. Um, honestly, did not know who he was until he was called up. Um, <laughs> uh, which. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, the guy was pitching in the independent league over the last two years, eh, you know, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, I, I really liked the, I really liked what I saw from him. Um, and then obviously JP Crawford, uh, so far has looked really, really impressive, especially defensively. I, I, I really like what I've seen from him. Right. And you wonder how much of that is just a juxtaposition of what we've seen from Tim Beckham. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, overall. He looks about as advertised, you know, the swing, um, swing is still not great, but he's making contact. Uh, he had a couple of good at bats last night. Didn't get a hit, but, uh, work some counts and things like that. Uh, the defense has been solid. You, you see the arm strength is really nice. Um, him scoring on the, uh, double at Fenway. Um, that was nice to see. And it wasn't blazing speed. It was above average speed, but it wasn't like elite speed, but just the right. way that he cut the bases. I mean, it was, it was nearly perfect and it had to be, um, yeah. to beat that throw. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think I like, you know, I also like what, uh, what shed long, I know he's still looking for his hit, his first bit big league hit, but I just, I, I don't see a guy who's just overmatched at the plate. Um, I don't see a guy who, who lacks confidence right now. Um, he's going up there and he's taking his hacks and we've seen, um, you know, teams are just challenging him right now. And he does have a little bit of a, a hitch in his swing, a little bit of a extra step that he takes in there. And so until he makes that adjustment, um, you know, he'll struggle a little bit, but overall I, I don't have any issues with shed. Um, we'll see how long he's up by the way, because, um, D Gordon pinch ran last night. So that uh-huh. resets his DL stint or his IL stint. Um, and I don't think they would do that unless they thought that D had a good chance of playing either today or Thursday. Um, so we'll see how, how long Shed's up. But I thought Shed, I think Shed still looks, you know, I'm mean, obviously it's stupid to make any decisions after three games of anybody, but uh, you know, I, I don't see anything too worrisome about Shed. He's just uh, looking for his first hit right now. So, so do you think that's who, uh, who goes down if uh, they call up Malik's? Over the next couple of days, well, Malik's wasn't in the lineup today for the Rainiers, um, so it seems. 
I mean, I would think that Malik is on his way back up now today, and that usually comes with a roster move announcement at about two thirty, three o'clock. Um, so we'll see. I, I think it could be shed, um, but also uh, it might. Uh, if D Gordon could play tonight, then I think it's probably shed. Um, mm-hmm. If they want to give D a day, uh, that off day, and then just not use him against the lefty tonight, anyways. Um, then I think you could see Shed Long and um, they'll probably send down a reliever, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think Shed is probably the move uh, when D is healthy and when uh, Malix comes up, and that sounds like it might be today. Um, so there's a good chance of it. I think uh, I thought it was a little aggressive when they called him up the first time, uh, uh-huh. but. Uh, you know, um, yeah, I think if I had to pick, I would say Malik's is coming up today and Shed Long is going down. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't go down, I'd be very interested in seeing him playing in the outfield. Yeah, not me, not yet. Uh, but, uh, I mean, probably not going to be much worse than Domingo Santana, so. Yeah, I just, you know, I kind of want to see what they have there. If he can be, if he can transcend uh, just an infield utility, you know, from what I've seen and heard, when he did play in left field in, uh, in Tacoma, it wasn't terrible. Um, so I would be intrigued to, to see that if he uh, if he does get the opportunity to stay on the team um, right. for the next, you know, at least few days, um, you assume, if uh, if he's not the guy that goes down for Malik's. So we'll see, but um, but yeah, you know, as you said, I, I really like what I've I've seen from Shed. Um, I think uh, I think he's mature beyond his years. Um, uh, when you just look at his plate approach and everything, he doesn't look uh really intimidated whatsoever. Um, at the plate so far, Re- isn't given in to uh to pitchers working counts. I, he had a really good at bat um against Porcello, I believe on um what was it saturday yeah uh, and um it, he was down 0-2 when he worked it back to a full count and um i think he walked i i don't remember but um yeah i think so he, yeah and uh he uh so i i'm really impressed with with uh what shed has been able to do so far um along with what jp's done um so it's uh yeah it's 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 a fun fun time right now and um sure yeah so anyways guys uh that's enough of depressing talk about the uh, mariners versus boston let's talk about last night's win um and let's also talk about uh, the upcoming game tonight uh last night was uh it was it was really an interesting game there was a lot going on we got yusei kikuchi making another start uh, J.P. Crawford and Shed Long's first games in Seattle. Um, the Oakland A's are in town. Mike Fires is coming off a no-hitter. There's just a lot going on, and it turned out to be a pretty entertaining game. Yeah. Um, really just, you know, uh, from start to finish, it, it was really intriguing, you know, especially when you look at Kikuchi and, and his start. You know, I think he was a lot better than his stat line indicated. Um, wasn't a huge fan of him coming back out to face Olsen. Um, but you know, I, I understand it. I understand the matchups and all that yeah. behind that. Um, but still, you know, wasn't, wasn't entirely a huge fan of that decision. Uh, right. still, um, yeah, I think he looked really good. You know, he only threw one change up last night, which was mm, interesting. Um, but you know, had it, had a really, um, good balance of, uh, you know, the slider, the, the curve and the, and the fastball. So, um, and he, and he, you know, created, he generated a lot of weak contact, um, you know, after he threw, you know, all those pitches through the first three innings, really settled in, had those two quick, you know, super quick innings, was uh, getting, um, I think most of his swinging strikes came in those innings as well. Uh, so he clearly figured some things out, you know, obviously made a couple mistakes there to, to, to Davis and Olsen. Um, but overall, uh, again, really impressed with what I've seen from him, uh, ever since, um, the abbreviated start against Texas a while back. Uh, so that's really encouraging, 
to see. And uh, but yeah, you know, after the Olsen home run, I turned the game off. I was just, you know, I I thought by that point it was over. You know, the Mariners' offense wasn't going to do anything. So unfortunately, I missed Cornelius's home run. Um, Ouch, dude. Yeah. Yeah, Dude. I missed Cornelius' home run. However, I stuck with it even after the Loriano home run in the tenth. <laughs> and I'm glad well, I that, did. At that point you don't want to be wrong twice, you know. Yeah, so I, I stuck with it down to the last strike and uh and that paid off. So <laughs> that was a that was a really fun ending. Uh Omar putting on for my uh for my fantasy team. Uh not not the one that we're in, but uh my other my uh my money league and uh the one that matters yeah <laughs> yeah so, well also i'm 14th out of 14 <laughs> in uh in our soda league so uh that's uh Ouch. yeah we're just not gonna we're just not gonna talk about that uh <laughs> yeah yeah uh... so, you know who was on my team in in the soda league as well lou trevino <laughs> oh, ow. so double barrel ow um, <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my fantasy, uh, investment, my fantasy strategy of investing in Omar Narvaez is every place I possibly could, uh, seems to be paying off, but, uh, yeah, let's get real f- back to Kikuchi real fast. This was an interesting outing for him because like you mentioned, the one changeup, um, he threw two more curveballs than he did sliders, lots of fastballs, uh, wasn't throwing as hard this outing as he had the two previous, but he was still pretty effective. Um, I said, obviously the home runs, it's easy to, you know, you take away the home runs and you pitch great. Well, you can't really do that. But aside from the home runs, I thought he looked pretty good. He struggled early, but he was able to get through that, keep the game close. Um, you know, and then in innings, what was it? Innings three, four, and five, he was really good. Uh, look, look like, uh, well, like he did in Cleveland and New York, um, and, uh, yeah, you know, like I said, the curveball and changeup he threw, uh, he threw nearly the same amount. Uh, he actually threw more off-speed pitches than fastballs, uh, which is interesting. Uh, I also found it interesting that he didn't get a single swing and miss on the curveball, uh, <laughs> but he did get 10 called strikes with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the numbers kind of back up the idea here is that YK is using that curveball to get ahead of hitters. Um, and then he wants to use the fastball in the in the uh, slider to put them down. Um, six innings, five strikeouts, like the only seven swings and misses, which isn't uh, a great number for 93 pitches, but it's not bad. Uh, like I said, fastball, he hit 95 once or twice, but he was mostly 92, 93. Uh, the slider was, I thought the slider was good last night. Um, like it wasn't as good as he was in New York or Cleveland, but it was still a really solid start. Uh, So we're looking at three in a row now, maybe four, if you want to count the, the one inning stand against Texas um, in which he looked really good too. Uh, But yeah, we're we're at three starts in a row now against three playoff teams, at least last year. Um, And YK continues to impress. So uh, I, I think being excited about you say is a, at this point, just, a just, a something to get used to, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. I think you're seeing, um, well, for me personally, you know, I, I had somewhat high expectations for you say, but, um, I didn't expect to see any sort of string of starts like this in his rookie year. So, um, I don't know if I want to say that, he, well, I guess he has exceeded my expectations in that way. Um, and that's really, really, really encouraging, um, to see, because, you know, you and I have both said over the last you know few weeks that, you know, we do expect him to have these starts where he, where he is above average. Um, but I think to see that consistency over his last three, or if you want to consider it four or three and 3.1 starts, I guess you could say, um, he's looked good. He's looked really good, and um, that's mm, I, I just that's huge for them uh, moving forward. If if they can get number two quality of pitching out of Yusei Kikuchi on a consistent basis, because that's what he's giving you right now. Uh, that's that that's pretty that's pretty nice. That's a pretty nice get because that, you expected him to be good, but not be that good. Yeah, 
um, you say is uh, somehow exceeding expectations. And uh, he'll get yet another uh, quality opponent that he'll have to do battle with on his next start, which I believe is Sunday against Minnesota. Um, mm. So, yeah, he's going to get the uh, he's going to go through this nice little gauntlet here of uh, of Cleveland, New York, uh, Oakland and then Minnesota. Those are pretty good teams. Um, all of them uh, either playoff contenders this year or were in the playoffs last year. So, of course, when he pitches against the Tigers, he's going to give up seven. <laughs> we saw his worst outing of the year was probably against the Angels or the White Sox. So, yeah, maybe. White Sox uh, is entirely his fault. I'll, I'll put the blame on Tim Beckham for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, his final line was still like five innings, three earned. So, it's not like yeah. he's been terrible in any of his starts. Uh, so... But yeah, uh, overall, you say was uh, was quite good. Um, now let's talk a little bit about what I'm sure everybody wants to talk about or doesn't want to talk about. Um, what the, what the heck was up with Corey Guerin and the and the objection, I guess, by either the umpires or the athletics. So, like I said, I, I turned the game off after the after the Olsen home run, so I didn't see it. But from what I gathered, it was like a uh, was it like a did he have like a Carter Caps type of moment? Or something? How I do, I don't that, I don't understand. Way, let's get one thing straight. Carter Caps when he does that little hop thing, that's totally uh, illegal. And uh, the fact that Major League Baseball's come out and said, "Oh no, that's fine." No, you're just idiots. That that's yeah. totally you can't. You might as well just move the rubber up to 45 feet and say, "Okay, here you go, Carter. You can throw yeah. from here now." That's illegal. Uh, yeah. The thing is, they objected to that little tiny like toe tap thing that Garen does. Um, uh huh. And they basically told me he couldn't do it. Now, here's the thing about it: is the rule says you can't take, uh, you can't take two steps. And so, once you pick your leg up off the ground, when it hits, you have to throw the baseball. Um, mm-hmm. And so, if he comes back and that, and he does that little toe tap um, when he's working from the stretch, once that foot hits, he has to deliver that pitch. He can't pick up his foot and go again. Um, it's right. basically how the rules are interpreted. Now. Gearin's been doing this all year. Nobody's cared. Um, and it's not hard to see why. The little toe tap is is that his spike on his cleat maybe touches the ground. Uh, and then he goes forward. Like, we're not talking a significant, like, up, right. straight down hard, and then out thing. That's not what's happening here. Um, okay. And it was just so they objected to it, and they told him not to do it. And Scott Service came out and made a big... Um, because obviously they didn't tell him about it before the game. They didn't, it, and it's didn't, I, I don't know. I don't know if so Bob Melvin, that the A's brought up, I don't right? know if it was or wasn't. And because nobody really ever confirmed it, but the A's looked genuinely confused as well because there was a five minute delay or something while they worked this out and the A's. Well, yeah, and, then, and our Tyler wiki was there and he was saying that, yeah. uh, like Trinan and Fernando Rodney were asking they the were fans. Asking, the fans. They were asking fans if we knew what was going on. Um, yeah, so I just, I don't know. The whole thing was weird. Uh, he pitched fine afterwards. Um, I just, I don't know. It seemed like the way it looked is, is that the umpires decided that they were going to call this if he came into the game. Um, and they just didn't bother to tell Scott Service about it at any point until he actually came in the game. Um, so it was just, it was really weird and it was, it's stupid to be honest. Um, but like I said, Garen actually pitched pretty well. So, um, no harm, no foul there. Um, Mm. but anyways, uh, so the Mariners, uh, we also got to see Austin Adams make his Mariner debut. He was just recently acquired in a trade. He gave up the home run, um, that made it four to one, but you know, I, I know you weren't watching at this point yet. Uh, but he, I thought he looked pretty good. You could see, you could see the stuff. I mean, the stuff is what it is. It's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. Not surprisingly, he struck out the side. Uh, if you yeah. look at, if you look at Austin Adams in the minor leagues, that's what he does. He strikes people out. Um, fastball was only ninety-five. Uh, never, never uh, crested over ninety-five miles an hour. Uh, but uh, I thought he was, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, the slider was nice. He kind of has this. When you see him pitch, you'll see it. It's kind of got this little – you can see why he might have command issues. I'll say that, like in his delivery. Um, right. But it also creates some deception. So 
it'll be interesting to see what uh, what the Mariners can do uh, because it's it's an interesting profile to say the least. Uh, there's like I said, the slider is really good. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see more of this guy because I think if the Mariners can find out what's you know what's going on here. Uh, I think they have something here. The, uh, by the way, the home run that he gave up to Chris Davis, uh, exit velocity on that, ninety-two miles an hour. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. So. I, I'm sure to um, look at his baseball savant page uh, today, and it's, uh, yeah. I mean, like what I've seen is uh, it's interesting. Um, I'll go back today and and on um, MLB TV and you know and watch that inning. Um, just to kind of get an idea of what he has. But from what I see here, you know, velocity is nice. Um, he's staying, you know, mid-90s, uh, which is, you know, what we we talked about um, last week when we talked about his acquisition and everything. And also, you know, um, the slider, of course, as well. Um, just a big, big get if, uh, if they can really, um, really tap into... Uh, into what he has and, and see if he can get his command under, uh, under control a little bit more. Right. Uh, 25 pitches last night, uh, 15 of them were sliders. Uh, they're, uh, they, uh, stat has him ranked right now as uh, seven swings and misses, um, on 25 pitches, which is an incredible ratio. Um, like I said, they only put one ball in play. It was the home run he gave up to Chris Davis, and that was a 92 mile per hour exit velo home run. Mm-hmm. So not exactly crushed. That's not even a barrel. Um, right. It's not, yeah, that's that doesn't even go down as a barrel on Statcast. So um, just a that's bit just, of that. Chris, that's just Chris Davis being Chris yeah, Davis against, against the Mariners, especially. So, um, yeah. so unfortunately, you didn't get to see it live, but I'm assuming you've seen the highlight now of Cornelius uncorking. Uh, yeah. just absolutely ambushing the loot right off the batter's ball. eye. Yeah. Very, very similar to his home run uh, against the angels. Remember he hit it so low and so hard. You're like, Oh, oh. that's going to be off the wall. And then it, it just kept going and going and you're like, wow. Okay. Uh, it, it was a little, it was a, you know, a three iron off the tee there. And, uh, Holy cow. That, that was something, huh? Yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> Yeah, that, I, I I wish that I had seen that live. Uh, that was a uh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was pretty pretty damn cool. You know, Cornelius has been kind of uh, the uh, the mascot of uh, <laughs> of our love for this team this year. And uh, any anytime he does something like that, it's a uh, it's a really cool moment for all of us. Um, just a man. Can we just talk real quick about just how nice it is that he's actually getting to play um, <laughs> on a consistent basis and is killing it? Um, yeah, it's, it's funny how that happens, isn't it? And also, you know, even bigger than um, than his home run was the walk in the tenth. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, that guy walks so much. <laughs> he. Like, what is his OBP at right now? It's still over 400, I would assume. Uh, it's pretty close. I know his OPS is almost 1,000 still. Um, and that's with him, you know, quote-unquote, struggling recently. Um, let's. <laughs> it's just funny to hear a guy go, oh, man, he's struggling a little bit. His on-base percentage uh, is 394. Uh, mm-hmm. He's slugging 587. That's a 981 OPS. Um yeah, he's still uh, he's hitting 248, which I'm guessing is why some people are saying he's struggling because they see the batting average dipping. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, let's just say in the month of May, uh, this will be interesting. In the month of May, Daniel Vogelback is only hitting 132, uh, 250, 316. Uh, so he is struggling right now in May. Uh, but uh, <laughs> the guy is uh the guy can hit you know and i think we've seen enough to know like the guy has some value and he can hit and this is what happens when you allow him to struggle and keep him in the lineup yeah because the mariners never let him struggle at the big leagues before ever they they start him for a game he'd go over three and walk and they're like okay well 
clearly he doesn't have it. Let's bench him for three days. And it's just, you know, it just, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Let the guy hit. Let him, let him Basically get. Basically the Braden Bishop thing. Yeah. <laughs> Which. Which, yeah. We'll if, save that for another day. But <laughs> If we had recorded yesterday, I would have spent an hour on that. Yeah. What do you do? Let these guys play. You have to know whether or not they can play. And you can't do that from the bench. Yep. Jesus. So, yeah, you know what? Good for the Mariners for finally letting somebody struggle at the big league level and then finding their way out of it. Because uh, Daniel Vogelback yesterday walked twice, had the big home run. And like you mentioned, the walk, it's the second walk itself was huge. Yeah. Let the dude play. Yeah. I don't get there's a that wasn't here. an easy pitch for him to lay off of too on that walk. That's yeah. uh, you know high in the zone, especially um, when you're two outs. You know you're the you're kind of the last hope. You've already tied this game once. It's very easy to go up there and say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the hero again. And nope, he took all five. He got five pitches. He took them all. Only one of them was a strike, and it was barely a strike. Um, uh-huh. It was a very borderline pitch, and he just he's not interested in that. He's not gonna swing at that. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's just let the guy play. That's just so stupid that what they did with Bishop and there's a lefty on the mound today. So I'm sure Daniel Vogelback won't hit against the lefty because, you know, reasons, um, <laughs> we just have to play Jay Bruce apparently. Uh, yep. but yeah, Vogelback was huge last night. Yeah, it's it's incredible uh, what he's been able to do, even if he's struggling right now. It's still just the year that he's been able to put together. Um, that's big going forward, especially if they want to if they want to keep with that traditional DH moving forward. If that's a part of their plan um, to find that guy and Daniel Vogelback, who isn't going to cost you a lot, still has plenty of years of control and can give you, you know, right now he's playing at a near all star level. Yeah, uh, I think if I I think like I said I don't know for sure, um, but I think he is. I think he leads the American League uh, DHs in WAR, if I'm not mistaken, or he's pretty close to it at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's saying something with JD Martinez and Nelson Cruz and um, all these guys. So um, Vogelback, yeah, Vogelback has the same WAR right now as JD Martinez. Uh, so. Yeah, the guy's good, and just because he struggles doesn't mean he stops being good. <laughs> um, yeah, just in terms of uh, DHs right now, Hunter Dozier and Austin Meadows are ahead of him on okay. uh, on Fangraphs. Right. And Meadows is – he's typically an outfielder. He's been DHing yeah. as he works his way back from, like, a wrist injury or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so and Hunter Meadows, Dozier's been playing, on, playing a bit of third, right? Right. And some I mean, first. As far as, like – like you said – if Austin Meadows makes an all-star team, it's going to be as an outfielder. Um, that yeah. being said, I think they only take, I don't know how many DHs they take. Like I know they take three catchers. Um, I don't know how many DHs they take, maybe just two. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, Vogelback right now is, uh, he's worthy of being in that conversation at the very least. Uh, and last night was, you know, it was just kind of a, I don't know. For me, it was very, I don't know. Uh, let's see. To say that I was loud um, in my cheers, probably an <laughs> understatement, because that was just so much frustration just bottled up. And then you just got to unleash it on one swing. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty special. And by the way, um, Vogelback may be struggling, but right now he's on pace to hit 32 doubles with 46 home runs, 100 RBI, and is 248, 394, 587 slash. Mm-hmm. that'll play that'll play just fine so i got i i have a new nickname for for uh cornelius though oh no we're gonna we're gonna call him the mountain the mountain especially the mountain especially after that last episode of game of thrones that uh, <laughs> the, the way both of those guys swing <laughs> okay there you go very the similar mountain. the mountain yeah yep <sighs> it's too bad he has to be a bad guy but uh, <laughs> anyways, yeah, Vogelback was awesome. I don't mind, I don't mind Vogel being the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fine. Um, uh, so anyways, uh, Vogelback uh, had a really big game last night. Let's talk about the 10th the before we wrap up the episode here. Um, the 10th inning was something else. Um, if you guys right. didn't see it, two quick outs in the 10th, right? 
Correct me if I'm wrong here at any point, Ty. Uh, two quick outs in the 10th. Vogelback walks versus Joachim Soria, or Joachim Soria, however he pronounces it. A um, little odd that Blake Trinan wasn't in the game. I know he's been battling some stuff, um, but I thought he was available last night. Maybe he wasn't, but uh, mm-hmm. very odd that Trinan wasn't in the game uh, last night at this point. But anyways, um, Vogelback walks. D. Gordon comes into pinch run. A bit surprising. Um, but also probably a pretty good sign that he's going to play in the next day or two. Uh, he steals second base. Uh, the pitch, it's a curveball in the dirt. It gets to the backstop anyways, but uh, D had that base stolen pretty clean. Um, uh-huh. D steals second. Domingo Santana gets to two strikes, puts up a pretty nice at-bat afterwards, lays off some bad, lays off some junk, uh, fouls off a pitch or two, uh, then hits a double down the left field line that's fair by, I don't know, about a foot maybe yeah uh d scores uh santana's on second and then narvaez gets down oh two or one two pretty quickly um he goes to work and then he slaps a single in the left field robbie grossman apparently has no arm uh <laughs> and domingo santana scores pretty easily for the six to five win so ty what just what, what were you feeling what were you what were you watching in that 10th inning uh, I mean, yeah, when Narvaez puts the ball in left field, I'm thinking Santana's just going to stay at third. And I see him make that turn, and Grossman already has the ball. Um, and he's kind of just tumbling down the line, kind of looking like Ryan Healy <laughs> going down the line. Just, ugh. It was uh, it was rough to watch, but yeah, he got in there, and the throw was awful um, yeah. from Grossman. And uh, yeah, uh, thank God. You know, you, you needed that. You needed that so, so badly. Not just, you know, it doesn't really matter, like, in terms of just the record or whatever. You just needed that just for the sake of, you know, your mentality moving forward. The the Mariners have gotten beat around consistently for the last two to three weeks. Um, they they needed a game like this where, you know, it, it seemed like this was another game in which they were just going to give up on. And, uh, and it looked like that a couple times. Um and it just, you know, it seemed like the struggles were going to continue, but they hung in there. They battled um, to the very last pitch twice. So, you know, you, you, you got to give it to them. Great at-bats from Vogie, uh, from Domingo and Omar. Um, just a huge, huge rally uh, to hopefully, you know, get things back on course. You know, again, I'm not very hopeful for what this team can do in terms of contending for a playoff spot, but just to, you know, not <laughs> continue to go on six game losing streaks and everything, you know, to be a little more consistent uh, in their play. Um, I think this is a huge step for them to do that um, just to to get some momentum. You know, the, we've seen in past years uh mariners teams have gone on long losing streaks and they have a game like this and it kind of just clicks for them um and they're able to to rally off some wins at that point and i I think this was this game for them uh you know last year it was that game um back in may against the angels uh where ryan healy had a had a walk off um you know they just these teams need these kinds of moments you know, they got off to such a hot start and really came together, you know, kind of like a family. Uh, and then, you know, things went downhill and Malik's got sent down and all these things, you know, happened. And that, you know, that probably hurt uh, their confidence quite a bit. Um, so to have a game like this um, can do nothing but good for them. And uh, hopefully, you know, the, the results follow. Right. Uh, tweeted last night that if the Mariners can uh, find a way to beat uh, Brett Anderson for what feels like the first time ever uh, tonight, it'll be their first series win in nearly a month. Um, they haven't won a series since they took three or four from the Angels back on, I think is April 18th through the 21st. So we're almost a month away from winning a series here. Um, and yeah, like I said, the other thing I said last night is, is that you look at kind of the heroes of this game. You look at Mitch Hanniger with his solo home run to start the game. Four years of club control, 28 years old. Yusei Kikuchi's 27, 28 years old. He's got seven years of club control if you want him. Daniel Vogelback's 26. He's got six years of club control. 
Omar Narvaez is 26. He's got four years of club control. Domingo Santana's 26. He's got three years of club control. Um, you know, we got to see JP Crawford. We got to see Shed Long. Uh, and you just look at all these young guys that all helped win this game. It wasn't Edwin Encarnacion that bailed you out. It wasn't yeah. Jay Bruce that bailed you out. Um, you know, and quite frankly, it wasn't Jay, it wasn't Ryan Healy who bailed you out. And that's nice because none of those guys are a part of your future. The game last night was won by guys who conceivably all could be a part of the Mariners' future. Um, yep. and those are those are the things you look for in a rebuilding year, man. So I I was very happy last night. It was just nice to get a win. Um, it was nice to start a series off with a win and just kind of have this idea like, hey, you know what? Let's go win a series. Like, let's go win. Let's go win a freaking series. And, yeah. you know, the Mariners probably not going to rattle off, you know, seven, eight game winning streaks, but they got to find a way to win. I mean, if you can find a way to win half your series uh, going forward, you're going to be in good shape. So um, yeah. you're going to be right where you want to be. So hopefully yeah. you're right. This is a this is a sign of things to come. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is a this is a big step for them. You know, like you said, if they can win about half of their series, or if they can go, you know, win three of every five games they play, um, that's the, those are the kinds of things that you you hope for. Because you know that they're not going to be perfect. You know that they're going to still slump. You know that this team isn't as talented as you know the upper echelon of the American League, and it's you know it's a middle of the pack team. It's not a terrible team. We've talked about this. Um, but it's also not a very good team. And, um, you know, because you, you think about uh, just the mixture of talent that they have. They have young talent that's still trying to find its way, and they have veteran talent that's starting to, you know, that's well past uh, their prime, you know, Jay Bruce. Um, you, you know, and Edwin Encarnacion's been good, um, but he's also not changing the face of your team right now. Um, you know, he's not carrying you... Um, each and every you know night it's um so yeah you know i think everything that's happened over the last couple of weeks has gone as expected i think a bit of luck you know a bit of bad luck has played into um the results uh just overall you know in terms of you know only winning what eight of their last 25 or whatever it's been um you know it, Basically, you know, they when you look at the record over the last three weeks or so, they've been the worst team in baseball, or at least one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, after being, you know, record-wise, the best, the best team in baseball, <laughs> and right. so you know, and they've been going on one side, you know, one extreme or the other. Um, so I think you know, f- for them being a, uh, you know, for their talent level being about middle of the road. I would like to see them, you know, I think that the results will start to look more middle of the road. Um, you know, right now they're two games under 500. I think they're, an, I think they're a 500 or a slightly above 500 team. Um, I, I really do think that they have enough talent to do so. And I think that their young talent, like the JP Crawfords and the Shed Longs and the Yusei Kikuchis and the De- Daniel Vogelbacks and everything will start to continue developing and be uh, and become greater contributors to the team as the year moves on. Um, so, and I think that will make up some of the difference and some of the holes that, that you, you know, right now kind of feel apparent. Um, on this team, and you know they're also going to get Kyle Seager back soon. He's making his debut right now as we're as we're actually recording this in Tacoma, um, and just making his uh, you know his rehab uh, or getting his rehab stint uh, kicked on, or kicked off and everything. So we'll see him in a couple weeks, uh, hopefully. And um, yeah, I think um, you know and you know Malik Smith has been hitting really well, and, and since he got uh, sent down to Tacoma. And you think, you know, you got to think that you'll see him either today or within the week. Um, so there, there are reinforcements on their way. Uh, Wade LeBlanc as well. I, I think I think things will start to level themselves out now. Um, I think you'll see the Mariners play good but not great ball and remain competitive in these games and um, just see what they have, you know. Yeah, it's... Uh... Like I said, we said this a few weeks ago, and or at least I did certainly, um, and you backed me up, is that the Mariners aren't 
the worst team in baseball. Yeah. Um, and even though they've played like it for the last three weeks, give or take, they're just not. They're not bad enough to be the worst team in baseball. I'm sorry, they're not. They have legitimate big league pieces, and they have legitimate three, four, five-win players on their roster right now. Um, they have a handful of them, so we're not. they're not going to be – a 60 they're not going to lose 100 games i'm sorry they're not um and i'm sorry that they hurt your feelings by playing too well in early april and got your hopes up but i, I don't know what to tell you man it's we anybody who wanted to be honest with themselves they saw this coming uh you know and obviously not to this extent but they saw it coming we knew that they weren't going to make the playoffs this year we knew that we knew that it was going to be a one in a thousand shot that they sneak into the second wild card. Um, but for some reason, because they started 13 and two, they were supposed to prove us all wrong. I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't understand. And I don't get, I understand the frustration of watching this team over the last three weeks. Totally get that. I've been frustrated too. Um, but to sit here and suggest or anybody suggests that, you know, this season is now a failure or whatever. It's a disappointment. I, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're, what you were expecting. Yeah. You came into the season. They told you what they were. Look, yeah. we're probably not going to win this year. In fact, I wouldn't bet on us winning this year. We're not going to be terrible, but 2019 is a refocus year. And you know what? Honestly, 2020 probably is too. And they told you that they said it straight to your face. They didn't try and say, well, yeah, we're definitely going to try and win 85 games this year and maybe sneaking. They didn't tell you that. They were honest with you. They told you yeah. what to expect. And mm-hmm. so, I like I said, upset, fine. But why are you mad at the team for doing exactly what they told you they were going to do? Yeah, I think the you know the hot start just added um, an enormous amount of unnecessary pressure on this uh, group of players. Uh, really, you know, I think, you know, I'm not sure if this, this got into the heads of some of the players or, or what have you, but this is not how this was supposed to go. Uh, this team did not need to have expectations set upon them. Um, the only expectations that that needed to be had for this team was that they would develop. And I feel that... So far, so good. Yeah. And, and I think that kind of got lost in all of this. I think both you know, the team and the fan base got too wrapped up in... in the hot start and, you know, and focusing on, Oh, we got to win and we got to do everything we have to, to give us the band, you know, is like playing Jay Bruce and all that. And like <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Just, um, I don't know. It's, it's been, uh, it's been, a, it's been a struggle for, for them. And I think they've kind of found themselves once more. I, I, I feel like they kind of lost themselves for a little bit there. And now, I think they recognize, you know, now, you know, when they do things like call out and calling up JP Crawford and Shed Long and all that, giving these guys opportunities instead of forcing their way into playing, you know, and they're still trying to force their way into playing Jay Bruce and stuff, but to, you know, but they're also not forcing Tim Beckham into the lineup and, you know, allowing Shed Long to play and allowing JP Crawford to play and all the, you know, you're seeing that. And I think it's because now, you know, you're, you're seeing them loosen up again like they were at the beginning of the season. Hopefully. And I think um, I think everything just kind of felt tight over the last three weeks. Right. Does that make sense? I know I'm kind of rambling on here, but it, it, it I feel like they, they kept trying just, to it, dig them way out. They kept trying to dig their way out of the hole by digging. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They just eventually just got to stop and breathe. And they said, and sometimes wins like this, they can, they can reset things. They are that powerful. They can reset things and they kind of, Take a deep breath and you say, okay, you know what? We can do this. We, we got this. That's a big win against, you know, a division rival. And like we mentioned, the schedule after this series, after the uh, upcoming homestand, does lighten up a little. It's not easy because it's Major League Baseball. Nothing's easy. But after mm-hmm. the Minnesota series, you get to go down to Texas for three games. You get an off day um, on the road, which is always nice. Then you go down to Oakland for three. Then you come back home. You get Texas for three. You get uh, the Angels for three. Um, you know, you get uh, then you get the Astros for four, but then you get the Angels for three again. I, the schedule does soften up some, uh, you know, after you get by Minnesota. Um, 
like I said, it's yeah. never going to be easy because the Mariners aren't a team where you can look at the schedule and say, oh, yep, those are easy wins. No, that's that's not going to be the case. But the schedule does get a little bit easier. If they can find a way to win today, right, you go ahead and you, you find a way to split with Minnesota. Uh, you take a 4-2 and two homestand on the road. Uh, yeah, that's you can kind of start to turn this thing around a little bit here. Um, and you just you just hope that they can do it, man. And you hope that they yeah. can continue with the – with the young guys in particular. Um, because that's what you have to do. Yeah. That's what you have to do this year. It's it's not about how many wins you have, how many losses you have. It's about how are you developing these players moving forward, but also how are you developing you know, your mentality towards the game when it comes to, you know, Scott Service and, and Manny Acta and, and et cetera, you know, or even when it comes to the players. It's just... How do you move forward from this, um, from having such a an awful, awful three-week period? Um, how do you move forward from that? How do you grow as a team? And I think you're you're starting to see that come together again because they they really had it nailed down to start the season. But once expectations started to come into play, and you know, it, I just felt like everything kind of just got tight and tense. You know, it just I don't know. Just it didn't feel as fun as the start of the season, and that's not really indicative of of the results. It's just you know what, just overall, just the general feeling of the of the team and just the the uh, expectations set upon the team suddenly just felt really unnecessary and just weird. Right. Um, like you said, we'll we'll see how all this plays out. You hope that this one is a catalyst. Um, but you know, you never know it's baseball and they could just as easily lose tonight and be right back on the same, uh, the same path that they were previously. But, uh, you know, like I said, this just, just remember guys, the win loss record isn't as important as the player development. Um, at least for this year, the, the development of an individual, individual player is significantly more important than, the win loss record of the team, um, which is a big part of the reason why we would, we've been, you know, pretty consistent with hammering the Mariners for not starting Braden Bishop and why we hammered them really early for not starting uh, Daniel Vogelback and why we still continue to hammer them for not using Vogelback against left-handed pitching. You have to know, you have to know what these guys can do. And the only way to do that is to put them up against the best in the world and let them compete. And you don't have to draw any conclusions at the end of this year. JP Crawford hits, you know, 250 with a 310 on base and a 385 slugging and plays average defense, that's enough to give him another shot. It's all about development and how these guys continue to grow and improve and get better at the big league level and at the minor league level. So when you're watching the Mariners in August, by the way, the team you watch in August is probably going to be completely different from the team you're watching now. Yep. Um, so I just, like I said, man, just go with the flow. It's fine. It's fine to be frustrated. I'm not going to tell you that you shouldn't be frustrated because I get frustrated. Ty gets frustrated. We all mm -hmm. get frustrated. We all take to Twitter. We yell. We yell and we rant things. But at the end of the day, just remember, guys, it's not about 2019. It's not. And rant as much as you want about service and his bullpen management because I'm going to continue to do it because I think he's inept. I don't think he can handle this job at all. Um, no. But at the end of the day, so what? <laughs> like, yeah. Like it's all about the players this year. So just enjoy the development of the players, um, enjoy the stories, and you know what? They'll they'll win their handful of games. They'll like you said, they're still to me 70, 77 to eighty four win team somewhere in that general range. It's about what they are. So just enjoy it, and we'll see where we are in a couple weeks. Um, but anyways, guys, I think that's gonna wrap up our podcast for today. Uh, Ty, you have anything you want to say before we officially sign off? Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm good today. Yeah. I know you got to get going. So we'll, I'll just let you yeah, get on your way and <laughs> we'll, we'll do this thing again tomorrow. Uh, and we're going to have fun tomorrow. Uh, we got the, we're going to be talking some trades and everything. So, mm -hmm. um, if you guys got any trade ideas or have any questions about potential trades or what have you, anything related to trades with the Mariners, uh, let us know on Twitter at Soto Mojo FS. Yep. So, uh, that's it, guys. Send all your questions our way. Uh, like you said, tomorrow's focus is going to mostly be trades. If you have a good enough non-trade question, we might answer it. But we're really going to focus on starting to kind of set um, 
expectations or ideas, at least on the trade market. This is probably something we'll do every couple of weeks um, as we get, especially as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline. Um, but we're going to start tomorrow with that. So like you said, send any trade ideas or, you know, if you want us to grade your trade proposal or anything like that, uh, send them to us at SotomojoFS. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at SotomojoFS. That's the best way to get a hold of us, to interact with us, um, to call us idiots for me to block you. Um, <laughs> the best way to do that is to get on Twitter and follow us at SotomojoFS. And for the most part, it's just a, it's just a fun place to interact and talk Mariner baseball. Um, so make sure you guys do that. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. Not very active on those as of yet. We're still kind of uh, trying to figure out, you know, how to uh, how to grow the website on those platforms as well. So um, if you can give us a follow there, that would be much appreciated as well. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. We we uh, typically record three podcasts a week. Um, usually it's Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, but today we had to call an audible and we did one on Tuesday. So just subscribe so you don't miss any podcasts. Um, and also on top of it all, visit the website, sotomojo.com. A lot of good content coming up. We're going to be focused heavy on the draft in the next couple of weeks here. Um, and then in June and July, we will have our, uh, our trade a day series, which will be, uh, something you guys really seem to enjoy where we'll just bounce trade ideas and, uh, information and rumors and all that, just bounce them on the website and, uh, just kind of talk through them. So, uh, make sure you guys visit the website, sotomojo.com. Um, and that's going to wrap it up for us here. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you in another life. Peace. Peace.